What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Go, go, go. So we're doing something a little off the off the cusp here, okay? Or off the cuff. I don't even know what the perfect statement is. Like cusp, cuff, oh. who knows? I don't I well, but like also could it be cusp? I don't know. Cause like a cusper, like you know, astrology, You're someone between on the cusp. Two things. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're between we're between a rock and a hard place. We had episodes batched all the way almost until July. So today we are going to record for the first Wednesday in July. However, due to recent events and there being multiple mass shootings and COVID is still a very real and present thing. And just the the end of the school year for teachers, I have a lot of teacher clients. So that has also been something that's coming up. We decided to kind of do not an, it's not an emergency episode, right? But we wanted to shift everything and put this episode here because we wanted to give space. Oh, and also women's bodily autonomy. Yes. We wanted to give space to all of the the things going on, how we handle it with our clients and just talk about like what burnout looks like for therapists and how we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times I get the statement from clients of like, well, I like, I, I would like vulnerability from you. So then I know and can understand like, like frame in my mind that you're also a human, like you're also going through these things. You're also whatever, because I, sometimes I think I keep pretty strict boundaries and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, like I'll give examples here or there, but I keep pretty strict boundaries. And I think that maybe that sometimes that gives off of this or people internalize it as is like, and we have everything together and that we're, yeah. <laughs> that we're just it's like so far from the fucking truth. For me. <laughs> oh my God. Like we're robots like, or something yeah. or like em- empathetic robots because yeah. we're good at our jobs, but like, like these things don't bother us or like, we don't go through this. But right. I mean, I mean, I think just giving space to the fact that I feel when we left the psych, when I left, cause we didn't leave at the same time, but when I left the psych hospital, it was because I was getting to a point in my career where I was like, I don't know if I can be a therapist for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. It was extremely hard to compartmentalize all of the things that we needed to do, how we were expected to act, how we were expected to behave, what expectations we had to meet when it came to being a clinician but then also a team player. So basically like you don't have time to do anything that you need to do. We need to be on the floor and be around all of these people. But like the acuity of the patients just kept increasing. So it was like, I don't have time to do any of my stuff. It's not even like I have a little bit of time. I don't have any time. Mm -hmm. The past two weeks of where we are now present day 2020, I have really taken a step back and been like, man, am I going to be able to do this for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life? And the rest of my life, right? Like until my brain goes that not, not in the sense I'm, I'm not going to be 75 doing sessions. Right. Right. Like I, like my thought process is like 55, 60, and then kind of really cutting it off or just doing maybe a day a week or whatever I can figure out financially then. But like, I'm like, am I going to make it to 50 doing this? Like, sure. look, at, I'm like, that's 15 more fucking years, bro. Like what? And if I go to 55, that's 20. 
Mm-hmm. How is this? How how are we going to be able to do this? Yes. And I Holding think about space that, for just, people yeah. is not an easy thing to do. And people always no. say like it takes a special person. Like, yeah, that's a factual statement. Mm-hmm. I think people need to also understand that therapists are frontline workers. Like, yeah, so are doctors, nurses, people in the medical professional, but like we're here to pick up the pieces of people's like lives. problems, right? Like lives, lives, right? Like the shitty things that happen to them. And, well, and even like let's just say lives on a daily basis, right? Because it's not like sure. I would say we get a slew of clients who absolutely have had childhood, you know, trauma, trauma growing up or or like different things that have happened to them. But then also how many people in the past two years have we got that is just, I am struggling with Mm -hmm. everyday life because of Mm -hmm. what is going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, are like contemplating career changes because of COVID, like people in the medical professional teachers. I have teachers that are like, I don't want to teach anymore. Yep, like so many. And I never thought I would say that, but this is not how I want the rest of my life to be because the past two years have thrown everybody for a fucking loop, mm-hmm. including us. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that, that in and of itself, I think I would just like that recognition and it's, I don't want it from my clients. I just want it from like a worldwide standpoint, that recognition of that we are frontline workers and that, mm-hmm. because I, I have seen posts on social media where it's like therapy shouldn't be this expensive. It shouldn't be this hard to get into. There should be available, you know, nighttime Mm -hmm. appointments. There should blah, blah, blah. And it's hard for me not to personalize those things, which could, is going to come up as a cognitive error. That would be a really good one for us to challenge. So so it's hard not to personalize that as, that as like, I am a therapist. You also have to understand that I am not working for like this big corporation that people can fill in wherever you also mm-hmm. like as a therapist, you like other, when you're, even if you're in a big agency, when you're sick, other people don't just come in and fill nope. in, in your sessions. Nope. Like that's just not like in a hospital setting. Sure. Someone can do a check-in with your clients, but it's not like some, if I'm sick on a Monday, stuff's not coming in and doing my sessions for me. Everybody right. gets rescheduled. So like understanding we're humans too. Mm-hmm. We're going to get sick or I can't offer all late night appointments. I have my own family and or life. Even if I mm-hmm. didn't have a family that took up my after my, my evening times, like I still might have a partner or have a sister or a mom or a dad, people that I want to spend time with just because I don't have kids or, or whatever. doesn't mean that, that, that free, that free time automatically comes to you. Right. It's, it's, and insurance companies has a lot to do with the availability of, of therapists and agencies, Mm -hmm. because it has been, I think since 2019, dude, it's really starting to just progressively get worse climbing into that, of like that we're not being paid fair wages. We're not being paid on time. We're not being paid at all, Mm -hmm. or that insurance companies take so long to process claims that our clients see us for four months. There's no payment or anything. And then they get slapped with some giant bill. And then they're like, well, I can't come anymore Yep. because now I've got to pay this giant bill. I don't know anybody who likes getting slapped with a $500 bill or a $400 bill. Mm -hmm. Most people can't just be like, okay, I'll pay it. Like, so that also creates a barrier to treatment. Mm -hmm. And what also creates barriers to treatment too is you're wanting your kids to get in and be seen, but you're not as a parent coming with or sure. offering your time or space to say like, Hey, if there are things that come up that I can help work on or be, or help change or do things with, like, let me know. 
like the, 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 it's starting to become a crisis finding therapists who are willing to take kids. And that's one of the reasons, Mm -hmm. because if we're, you know, kind of centering this around burnout, Steph and I were both burnt out after leaving the hospital, because it's that there's this expectation for, for me as a therapist to fix. Yep. I I am not here to fix anything. I'm here Mm -hmm. to provide you tools or different ways of thinking and resources for you to start to make changes in your life. But I don't, I don't fix anything. I can remember feeling, I mean, hopeless is a pretty bold word, but you know, you're teaching these kids, these skills, but then they're going back to the same environment where their parents aren't making any changes. So it's like, I can only, and I didn't even have control over the kids making changes. Right. But they literally didn't have any control if their parents weren't willing to see kind of what was wrong on their end. Yeah. 100%. 100%. There have been so many huge, um, like countrywide crises that have happened over the past three years that have really just made it difficult to one, be a functioning member of this society, but also two, to hold space or have space for people in our lives or people that we love. And I say that as a general statement, not just Steph and I as therapists, but a general statement for everybody of like, the uncertainty that has happened and come from COVID has been extremely difficult, I think, for people to wrap their head around and understand. I mean, in the beginning, like we, we've talked about this in other session or other um, episodes where it felt like that first week where before we shut down and went virtual, it felt like every appointment after it was okay, what's the, what's the newest update? What's the newest change of like trying to stay on top of it until it got to the point where I was like, I can't look at the the news or media anymore. I can't Mm -hmm. look at what's coming out and just talking to people of like, while like having to acknowledge the unknowns of the situation Mm -hmm. and having to radically accept that we don't have to like where we are. We just have to accept that this is, this is what's happening in our country. Mm -hmm. We can't, I, there's nothing I can do to change, uh, you know, virus or pan or whatever the fuck it was, is, I don't know, but whatever the fuck was coming around, there's nothing I can do to stop or change that. So I have to focus on what am I in control of? Mm-hmm. Well, and for so many months, it was working with people who were scared to leave their house or yeah. who were hyper-focused on everything that was outside of their control. And then in Kenosha, where I live, when the riots started to happen and my city was on fire, yeah, right? Like I had to hold space for people, but in the same time, I was like, I live here too. Like this is just as hard for me. And as a therapist, I can't be like, yeah, well, my fucking life is terrible too, because this sucks for me. Right. Like my grandmother's business burned down. That was a big part of my life when I was little. Right. But I'm not going to share that with clients because for what, but at the same time internally, I'm like, but this is frustrating for me because I'm not allowed to be a human because I have to hold space for people. Right. That's how it feels sometimes. I was just going to say, right. And I was going to say, let's challenge that thought. And I think that we have come to be able to do it. But when you're in the thick of it, Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't like the whole the, you know, the potential of, you know, our bodily autonomy being removed from us. Like, uh, yeah, I am also a woman. Mm-hmm. I am also going through that. I, I also like, I'm also experiencing that. And mm-hmm. I, it's so hard to hold space and we, it's, it's hard to hold space for that. And I think it's a constant redirection of myself of that feeling as a therapist that we want to fix or mend or make things okay. Mm-hmm. One challenging, just in general, an overarching theme, I can't fix people. Yep. But then like, 
this situation I definitely cannot fix. Mm -hmm. And I have to recognize my own biases of I'm just as scared. I'm just as worried. I'm just as X, Y, Z. And I think that when I level with clients on situations like this, or like for COVID, I wasn't, I don't, I don't know. In the beginning, I wasn't, because in my mind, it was like, everybody's getting it from all different types of ways. So who knows how you're going to yeah. fucking get it in my mind. It was just like, okay, well I can't fucking control any of that. So I'm not, I'm not going to be worried about that. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I like, I could help people through that, but it was more so again, of just like, we have to accept the situation for what's going on. Like what mm-hmm. is actually happening? I can't control any of those things that surround me. So I can potentially donate blood to help people who maybe are affected. I can keep myself at home. I can um, potentially order out restaurants to, to help their businesses thrive during this. Like it was focusing on how can I control, you know, my contribution or like how I show up for people in this moment. And it was like that for that. I think when we're in these situations where we radically have to accept what's going on, a lot of the thought process has to look at what is within my control. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is very real. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, because it is such a real situation, I'm going to feel these feelings. I think sure. that so many times people are like, well, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to think about that. That's too much for me. It is, it's a lot. Yes. But like those feelings are a data point. They're a signal telling you that something's wrong and something is very wrong. Something mm-hmm. is very wrong when a 18 year old walks into an elementary school with semi-automatic rifles or assault rifles and murders 19 people Mm -hmm. plus children or plus teachers. If I think that might be the correct number, I'm not exactly sure, but like you're meant to feel sad about that. You're meant to feel angry. You're meant to feel outraged and outraged and upset and, and, and scared and all of those things. Those are data points telling you that something's fucking broken and backwards Mm -hmm. instead of setting up shop or, or how home in those feelings, instead of pitching a tent and living there, Focus on what you can control. Mm-hmm. You can control potentially donating to certain, you know, so, you know, active, um, not active, certain support groups that are advocating, uh, you know, for stronger gun rules or, or different, um, like, you know, forcing senators or politicians to act or wh- whatever they're supporting because there's so many, I'm not going to focus on any of them, but focusing on those different areas that you can support, like that's a way that you can show up. That's a way that you can honor and validate those feelings. Focusing on what can I do? You know, a lot of us have children. So we immediately start thinking about like, well, what if that was to happen? Or what if I was in those situations? Thinking about how then can I show up mindfully and be with my kid today and, and do things that feel good and build bonds and memories, because this is the time that I have with them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's all about refocusing your control, like the the women's rights and, and what's going on of them attempting to take that away from us. How can I show up? Well, the, there's plenty of, of protests and um, political demonstrations going on that you could attend, that you could support. You can donate to Planned Parenthood. You can like you can write your senators or your politicians. There's it's it's all about refocusing instead of the control that we don't have what can you focus on the control that you do have? What can you do in this present moment? How does that work? And maybe it just looks like what coping skill can I do right now? That feels good to me. Sure. I was a freshman in high school when Columbine happened Mm -hmm. and 
I can remember the day that it happened, probably like, I don't know, a couple of days later, or a week later, there was a bomb threat at my school. And I saw a meme recently and it was like, I was in high school and Columbine happened. And the only things that changed were they banned Marilyn Manson and trench coats. And I was like, that's a fucking fact, bro. They blamed Marilyn Manson's music. And they said that people couldn't wear trench coats, right? Because that's what was tied to Dylan and Eric. But when I was in grad school, I did a presentation for my violence and risk assessment class where I presented the theory of like, could you predict a school shooting, right? Like what are the indicators of somebody engaging in a school shooting? And then I came to realize like, wow, Columbine wasn't the first. There were so many before Columbine that we as children didn't know about, rightly so, we probably shouldn't have known about that, right? right? School shootings are not anything new. What is new is that they are getting substantially worse, more severe, more like they're happening more frequently. And the news about it is in our face 24 seven. Yep. The first time my son did an Alice drill at school, he was three years old and he came home and told me, mom, like I got a sticker because I was quiet in the hallway. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then come to realize it was because it was an Alice drill and he had to be completely silent because that's what you would do if there was a shooter in the school. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. he's three. Mm -hmm. Am I thankful that they have these drills to keep our kids safe and to give them a sense of safety? Yes. But as he gets older, he's like, well, I would just kick him in the nuts. And I'm like, okay, I don't want you attacking anybody that comes into your school with a gun. Like that's right. not what I want to happen. Right. Right. On the other hand, if we were to constantly 24 seven, worry about sending our children to school, we're going to go crazy. Yeah. And I can understand why it would feel irresponsible to not have that worry. But let me ask you something. What does having that worry do about the situation? Well, you don't have that worry that you're going to get into a car accident every day on the way to work. You don't have that worry that somebody's going to break into your house and murder you at night every day. You don't have those. And hear me out. If you do have those worries, you really need to go see a therapist and also get on some medication because that's not normal and that's not Mm -hmm. natural. And the medication is going to help you slow those thoughts down to actually start to work on challenging them. Mm -hmm. The medication doesn't have to be something that's forever, but clearly we are way focusing on the outside of what's in our control. Mm -hmm. And that is just going to cultivate anxiety and depression, either focusing on the past things we can't change or focusing on the future of all of the what ifs because the what ifs are endless. They're endless. They're and it's scary when it comes to our kids. Of course I don't remember how many months ago it was, but there was like that TikTok threat of like somebody threatening to shoot up all the schools in America yeah. and people kept their kids at home. And I'm like, well, I'm not yeah. going to do that though, because a, how are they going to orchestrate a shooting happening at every fucking school in America? And B, mm-hmm. I can't live my life in fear. I can't. Well, and uh, I don't like, want my son yeah. to live like that either. Yeah. Cause then I, then if you could go down the rabbit hole of like, well, I shouldn't have been sending her to school because COVID still isn't under control. Yep. And she, she's more likely to die from COVID than she is from a school shooting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, I don't know the statistics, so don't quote me on that. It just seems like it would be more plausible, but sure. don't quote me, but it probably way more likely to die in a car accident than versus like whatever. Sure. So, I mean, like the, the possibilities are endless. Again, it is focusing on what is in your control. Mm-hmm. And what is in your control is being able to recognize how you feel in the moment and recognize what coping skill you may need to to do to focus on to feel a little bit better. Because those emotions are there for a reason. They're Mm -hmm. happening for a reason. They're valid. Well, and I think for us as therapists, and we've talked about this over the past few weeks, shit's been really heavy for us for whatever reason, right? Whether it's us going through our own shit, our clients going through shit, everything just feels really heavy and it feels exhausting. And to me, that is a sign that I need to slow down. And then on my days off, I need to disconnect and then I need to do things that make me feel better because I need to refill my cup. I have to, 
I can't keep running on empty because what happens is I get sick and I stay sick for a very long time because I'm not taking care of myself. I was sick at the psych hospital constantly. Literally, you're still sick all the time. All the time because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was bending over backwards for a company that didn't give a fuck about me. So when those things start to happen where I'm feeling drained, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling like I don't have anything to give, I need to recognize that and give back to myself. And so I do that regularly. Do I still struggle sometimes? Yeah, because I'm a human, right? Like it is what it is. But I'm able to recognize those signs that something is a little bit off and I need to do something for me. And so like literally yesterday and Friday, I did fucking nothing. Bug and I watched Stranger Things all day on Friday. Yesterday I did a photo shoot and then I sat on my couch and watched Ink Master for like five hours. Well, and like last Wednesday, I I read Ugly Love Tuesday night into like a little and then finished it Wednesday morning. And then I went and got another book and read it. Yep. Cause I had off that day and I was like, you know what? It, Cause and it was right after the shooting happened and then the shooting a week or like 10 days before that was racially motivated. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's been so heavy that I just have not. And I've, I've taken on more EMDR clients and having sure. more EMDR clients meaning means that I'm going into more traumatic memories consistently mm-hmm. with people. So that is also extremely heavy. So I was like, you know what, this is something that I have to do for myself. I'm going to honor myself, give myself space of that. I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed Mm -hmm. to take a day and just be me. And that's what it comes back to of like focusing on what can you control and are you giving to yourself? You cannot consistently give all of these thoughts and emotions and opinions towards these situations that are happening and then not refill your cup before Mm -hmm. having to go fill everybody else's cup because Mm -hmm. you wear so many different hats in your life. So I think it comes down to acknowledging those emotions are there for a reason. They, they're, they're data points. Mm-hmm. If, if a school shooting is happening and you're not feeling some type of way, I mean, we got to talk about that. If, mm-hmm. if a racially motivated shooting is, is happening and you don't feel some type of way, we need to talk about that. If you, mm-hmm. you know, there's another fucking pandemic coming around and you don't feel some type of way about it. We got to talk about that. I can't with the monkey pox. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm fucking done stephanie they already have a vaccine that's been in use for many years i don't even care like it the, the, i read an article where the scientist the doctor was like it's not covid we've had a, a established vaccine that works very well for fucking years like he didn't say for fuck you but like for fucking years he was like i'm not doing this he's yeah, like literally. and i was like thank you sir for quote him I'm not, I'm not doing this i'm not i refuse i refuse to go down this thought process of like here's the other thing Gas prices suck. Yeah. Do you need gas to get where you're going? Yeah. What the fuck am I going to so do about either it? either be mad about it and continue to complain about it every fucking day and let that consume you. Or you can say, you know what? I can't change it. It is what it is. Maybe I'll drive less. That's in your control. <clears throat> and this will come out way before the PS episode comes out about blaming, but that'll be yeah. kind of be at the end of June. Listen to that. Yeah. Listen to that episode and stop blaming it on everything else. Stop yes. it. Stop yes. it. It's not doing anything stop. for you. Stop. <laughs> It's not doing anything for you. Please read between the lines on that statement. Stop. <laughs> well, and giving yourself grace and understanding of, I don't need to inundate myself with the news because it's making things worse. That doesn't make you irresponsible. That doesn't mean you don't care. It means you're protecting your peace of not uh, yeah. flooding yourself with trauma constantly. Constantly because the news articles and news sources are going to post what like is every going two to hours. get attention. What's going to get attention? Death, destruction, chaos, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, gossip rumors that's what's gonna get you well you know it's not gonna get attention fucking someone like a happy story it's not Mm -hmm. it's gonna get some 
It's going to get some, absolutely. But we're mm -hmm. so hyper-focused on all of the negativity that's coming and all of the bad things and worrying about the next thing. We're yep. so far in the future of like, what the fuck is going to happen and freak yep. out that that's what the news sources are giving you. So you know what? Fucking cut it off. Yep. Cut it off. I don't, I don't listen to any news source. I don't, I don't, I do not do any of it. Jeff puts, he'll be like, Alexa, what's the weather? And then it goes into this, um, this like stint about NPR news. And I, I'm always like, Alexa off. Like, cause I don't, cause I don't want to fucking hear it. No. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear about how my daughter's day at school was. I want to hear about how I showed up for myself. I want to hear about what, what is an I am statement that I can say today and write over and over again. I want to hear about what am I in control of? Yep. I want to hear about those things. I want to hear about the wins in my clients' lives or maybe the struggles because that's part of the job, right? I need sure. to talk to them about that. But I want to hear about the wins in my in my friends' lives. I want to hear about how my family, you know, is doing things that are showing up for them or that they feel good about. That's what mm -hmm. I want to hear. And that's what I choose to focus on. That is not being an ostrich. That is not putting your head in the, stand, in the sand. It is protecting your peace. And you yep. have to. Mm -hmm. You have to. Oh. I get so fired up about this shit. So well, and in all honesty, like this episode is to validate people who are having some type of experience about the state of the world, right? Yes. Absolutely. You are a human. You are allowed to feel those things, but it's also a reminder to focus on what you can and cannot control Yes, because this will easily consume you. It will easily consume you. And that could lead to a plethora of issues. So allow yourself to feel it, understand that it's normal and it's you know, you're empathetic and that's okay, but you don't have to live there. You don't have to live you in misery you don't have to set up and camp. sadness and frustration for the world when you can't control the world. 100%. Yes. Accurate. If you would like to reach out to us, questions, concerns, comments, please email us at rewritingherstorypodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, we are rewriting her story podcast. Steph is the spooky therapist. I am at BEA underscore XO11. Obviously, Steph is at the spooky therapist. I don't, I don't even know why I say that every single time. At does it, you know, well, if you know how Instagram works, you know that you need to do that, but whatever. So on YouTube, we are rewriting her story podcast. As of right now, maybe not when this airs, but as of right now, we still are two away from 50 subscribers, guys. That's awesome. It's awesome. Let's get to 50. Yeah. I mean, let's get to 100, but realistically, I will settle for 50 for right now. It's way more than I thought we had, honestly. When you told me that, I was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. I, I didn't even notice that. And I was like, look at us. Look at us. Anyways, we love you guys. Hold space for yourself. Mm -hmm. Understand that we may not be in control of what's happening in the world, but we are in control of ourselves in the world and yes. how we react to things and what we take in and what information we do and how we show up for ourselves. Yep. So maybe ask yourself, how am I showing up for myself lately? And that might lead you to the direction in which you need to go. Absolutely. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.